All right, looks like we're recording. Let me try to do the audio test. We're gonna we're gonna do the syncing. How do you say it? I'm syncing in three, two. So hopefully that'll do it. Hopefully that will help me be able to get the audio syncing. I'm just gonna talk a little bit longer so it can so it can work out. All right, here we go. Hello, wonderful people. This is no. I'm gonna wait till it's I'm gonna wait till it goes back to Yeah, I'll do it here. Here we go. Hello, wonderful people. This is Jason English with Things About Things, and it's my first time ever doing a video podcast. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully, video looks all right. How does it look? Clear-ish. Trying my best. How does it sound? A little bit better than before. So thanks to supporters, patrons of the podcast, I was able to get some gear, got some, some cameras, got a board, some better sound equipment. So hopefully, if you've been listening for the past two, three years, you've heard a little bit of an improvement of the sound and hopefully you're going to hear some more improvement in this one. So whether you're watching or listening, hopefully this sounds a little bit better. I am trying, I'm trying my best. And this feels like a new season for me. A lot of new things going on. Let, Let me tell you about some of them. One is the podcast has shifted over the past couple years you know, the content shifted. I've been evolving and growing and changing and some of the content and the approach to the podcast is changing a little bit. And I got a phrase that I'm playing around with. And that phrase is, I feel like things about things is a Renaissance polymath meta conversationalist podcast. (laughs) And so, all right, here we go. So here's what I think that means. Let me, let me do some definition. So Renaissance would be uh, like a, a renewed interest in something. I'm going to, I'm going to talk more about this as I, as I go through it. So Renaissance, you've heard like Renaissance man, uh, Renaissance is a renewed interest in something. Polymath. That's one of those words that maybe you thought I'm supposed to know what that means, but I can't remember what that means. Polymath is a person of wide ranging knowledge or learning. And then meta is something that refers to itself. So meta conversationalist. So, so I, what I'm hoping this podcast it has been for some of you and will become more so for more people is a podcast for people who want to learn a few things about a lot of things, right? So if you've ever watched any Ted talks, you know, after, after 10 minutes, you think you're a physicist because this person that dedicated has dedicated 30 years of their life. They're just, they're, they're condensing something down and, and explaining to you what it is. And hey, over there. And now you feel like kind of like a physicist, right? Like you sort of get it because of their 10 minutes. So over the past few years, I've interviewed people about, you know, coffee and beer and bread and therapy and so many things. And, uh, and then at the end of it, hopefully you're like, I kind of get it now, right? Like you're not professional baker because you listen to an hour hour conversation about bread but you kind of feel like you can talk more about bread and i think that there's something to that and i'm hoping that this podcast has been and like i said will become more so for some of you kind of like a 
a way to listen to conversations about things so that by the end of that conversation, you know a little bit more about that thing so that when you're talking to your friends or you're talking to your coworkers or just you're at a party, whatever it is, you're in the neighborhood hanging out and somebody brings up a topic and you've heard an episode about that thing. And so now you can contribute more. And when you contribute more to a conversation, uh, you're, I don't know, you're, you're more helpful. You're more fun. You're, you're more part of it all. Right. So I'm hoping that will be helpful for you. I'm hoping that, uh, I'm hoping that, I'm hoping that listening to com- really good conversations will help you have better conversations. This, this really comes down to it. So that's the meta conversationalist part. So sometimes we're going to even have conversation about conversation. Sometimes it's going to be kind of serious. Sometimes it's going to be kind of uh, kind of spiritual. Sometimes it's going to be super lighthearted. Sometimes I have dozens of interviews lined up with some friends and some people that I don't really know really well, but I know of them and admire them and have a lot to learn from them. And then I'm going to be doing more solo stuff, just more stuff that's just me, just me like this, just me talking. So sometimes you'll, you'll press play to watch it or to listen, and it'll be me interviewing somebody about that topic. I'm going to circle back and interview some people about the things that I interviewed them about a couple years ago, but this time it'll be video, you know, and, and then there's also going to be some times where I'm just going to be kicking it with a few friends in the neighborhood because I've got some, some friends in the neighborhood that uh, I'll just kind of sit around and talk. And by the end of the conversation, I'm like, we should have recorded this. This would have been an amazing podcast. So dozens of interviews lined up, a whole bunch of more solo recordings of me just kind of doing some life updates and just talking about things. And speaking of that, what I want to ask you to do is I, w- I want to hear what things you might want to hear me talk about or and or things that you might want to hear me interview other people about. So here's what I'd like for you to do. Just name a thing and I'll start talking about it. So if you would email that thing, it can be anything, anything, and email that thing or things to jason at thingsaboutthings.com. So email me at jason at thingsaboutthings.com and just, you can even put in the subject, just anything, a, a noun, whatever it is that would be interesting that you think would be interesting to hear about, just name it and then I'll start talking about it. All right. Email me a thing and I'll talk about it. I need to plug this computer in. Hold on. So I, uh, been recording the audio for the past few years with, with a limited budget and thanks to patrons, I was able to get more gear, but I'm still getting used to it. It's all new to me. I'm I'm not used to this kind of stuff. I actually, I studied broadcast journalism in college, but this was in the in the late nineties. And uh, so I got a degree in broadcast journalism and this is, this is literal. When I say literally, I mean, literally, I got a degree in broadcast journalism literally eight months before everything in the world went digital. <laughs> so I was, I was learning how to edit on like three quarter inch tapes, like that, that kind of, that kind of age. And 
Yeah. So it's all, it felt like everything I learned became obsolete almost immediately after I learned it. So that was interesting. So I kind of get it, but I'm, I'm trying to get back into it. So I've got a little board and then the sounds going to the computer. Then you got the, the cameras and that's going into other stuff. And then I got to connect those things. And so hopefully I'm going to do it. And hopefully this, the sound is syncing up with with the video. And then of course, if you're only listening, you probably just don't notice any difference at all. And that's fine. It's chill, right? It's, I'm just trying, just trying, but thank you for those of you that support the podcast. And if you want, if you want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash things about things. That's P A T R E O N.com slash things about things. Maybe throw a buck a month my way so that it, keep all this stuff going always trying to improve, right? So I created the first ever video episode, made this little studio, got the lights, got other microphones ready for when I interview people. And I'm really thankful that I have that. And I have that because of the patrons. So thank you so much for those of you that have been giving, whether it's for the past month or the past two, three years, and whether it's a, a dollar a month or $5 a month, or some of you have even given more than that. Thank you so much for giving I really appreciate it. And this wouldn't exist without you. So thank you. So that's some of the stuff that's coming up is dozens more interviews with people. There will be video, but I'll continue to do audio. And so if you've been, if you listen to it on iTunes or whatever, you know, Spotify, whatever it is, that will continue. And also, you know, YouTube, I'll throw in the YouTube. So yeah, Renaissance Polymath Meta Conversationalist Podcast. How do you feel about that? Email me at jason at thingsaboutthings.com and let me know what you think. It's crazy wordage, verbiage, but it is a podcast for people who want to learn a few things about a lot of things. So let me know what you think of that phrase. Things About Things, a Renaissance Polymath Meta Conversationalist Podcast, which is basically a podcast for people who want to learn a few things about a lot of things. How do you feel about that? Email me at jason at thingsaboutthings.com and also email me that thing or those things that you want me to talk about or to interview people about. Okay. A lot, lot of new things in my life. Coming soon is a, a video teaching short. I have been waiting for this for the last year. Part of it is because um, I hired a videographer and editor to, to film or to shoot four different, all four seasons of the year. So Kimberly and I used to have this 150-year-old farmhouse, and it had this mulberry tree in the side yard that produced literally thousands and thousands and thousands of mulberries. And it, it was struck by lightning a couple generations ago. And there's, there's just a parable there, a story that I've been holding on to for a long, long time. And so I intentionally wanted to wait for all four seasons of getting the footage of that, of the farm and of the tree before we release it. So coming really soon, probably within the next few weeks. So I'm recording this at the end of June and I'm hoping at some point in July, we'll have that ready for you. So be on the lookout for that. And if you have not yet done so, if you want to subscribe to my email, you can go to thingsaboutthings.com. And after a few seconds, I think something kind of pops up and you can subscribe to get my email. So whenever the mulberry tree video teaching short pops up, you, you can be uh, notified. Speaking of video teaching short, that's something that I've done over the years, but it's always kind of been within the context of working for a church. And, uh, but now I'm kind of expanding, right? I'm, I'm, I want to create more content, more videos that are 
just kind of my voice in the world, not not necessarily connected with any faith tradition, but just some stuff that I want to say. And I hope I'm I'm hoping that those things are helpful. So these video teaching shorts are, you know, I don't know, five to ten minutes long. Hopefully, they're the kind of things that would would be helpful, that would be entertaining, that would be the kind of thing that you might just want to watch in special occasion when certain moments happen in your life. You just kind of want to watch them again, or or maybe you know somebody who's going through a particular kind of thing, and you want to you want to share that with them. So coming coming really soon is kind of my first in in a way, I guess my first video teaching short that's just kind of from my my mind and not connected with a specific faith tradition and not connected with being on on staff at a church. So it might feel a bit different for those of you that have known me for a long time. The content might feel a little different. It'll probably still feel like me because it is me. Uh, oh, here's something that's coming not so soon, but has been in my mind for a really long time. And that is a video series called How to Say Things in Front of People. So for the last, I don't know, five, six, seven years, I've been teaching public speaking at Appalachian State kind of off and on as an adjunct professor. So I teach public speaking, a kind of intro to public speaking. And then App State asked me to design a class which is crazy to me. Like they approached me and asked me to design a class called communication and religion, or I think it was called public speaking within a religious context, which was so funny to me when they called me and asked me that I, I laughed on the phone out loud because, and then I said, that is literally the only thing I know how to do. And that's not true. It's not literal. I, I accidentally used the word literal when it shouldn't have been literal because that's not literally true. I know how to do more things than just that. A few, just a few, but I do know more than just that. So it's not literal. Uh, but I, I think it's kind of connected to this. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I jumped ahead there. So teaching that off and on, it's been wonderful. It's been weird because of, you know, COVID protocols and also teaching 8 a.m. classes. And for you students that maybe some of you that I've had, I've taught, you've been in that 8 a.m. class. I don't know. It does it's it's tough, isn't it? Some of you know what I'm talking about to teach a class or to be in a class about 20, 23 students to wake up and get to class and on the apple cart, whatever it is, and get there by eight o'clock. Except for a whole bunch of you that didn't get there by eight o'clock. Can I just veer off and say there are so many students that are lucky that I'm chill because I actually want to teach. I really just want to teach people helpful things, how to say things in front of people. And there are so many students that have come into that class that are so scared. You know, you've probably heard that uh, public speaking is America's number one fear. Probably heard that. And I've heard this even people are more afraid of public speaking than dying. I don't know if that's true. That's crazy to me. What the heck kind of statistic is that? But anyway, not counting dying. Although maybe it's true, but public speaking is a lot of people are afraid. There, there have been students that part of the way into a three-minute speech, all of a sudden you start to see hives on their neck working on their way up to their face. They didn't do anything wrong. It's just this fear. And I, I have that with heights, not the hives part, but the crazy fear part. And some of these students, some not just students, but people, they get up and it, it, even if it's just, you know, they're in a conference room, they're going to present something to a staff of 10 people, they freak out. But if they're just happen to be talking to a handful of people, they're fine. But if it's 
if they're told this is a speech, they freak out. And it's been so beautiful over the years to see, see students grow in it. I'm not super into the institution part and the system part and the textbook part and the syllabus part and the grading part, but I know that's necessary. So I, I do that stuff. Uh, but I really am trying to impart something and, and it's my, it's my belief that if you know who you are, you can do anything. And I don't mean, you know, I'm not going to be in the NBA or something like that, but if you know who you are, you can do it. Like if this thing that you're afraid of. So I think the most important aspect of knowing how to say things in front of people is knowing who you are, answering the question, who am I? If you can answer that question on a deep level, I think you can walk up in front of a group of people and say whatever. Now, I know some people, they're like, mm, not me though. I hear you, Jason, but not me. I'm not one of the people that can do that. And I get it, but I still think you are. I do think it might be more difficult for people who have that fear, but there, I think there's something deep inside of us that if we just get down and do that work, that inner work of knowing who we are, remembering who we are, I, I think that you know our, our world full of all these responsibilities as as grownups, all these responsibilities that we have, sometimes we forget the essence of who we are because of all the things that we have to do that are required of us. But I believe that we are all born with, with this thing in us that we kind of, we know ourselves. We know that regardless of what our, our faith might be, our faith tradition might be, I think there's something in us deep down that knows the essence of us. I believe that that essence of us is the same thing as God. And I think that everybody has that in them, even if they don't see it, don't believe it. If they forgot it, even if they don't think about that kind of stuff, I don't think they have to think that for it to be true. And of course I could be wrong, but I believe that, that God's in us all. And I think that the essence of us, the core of us are true selves, the deepest versions of us, the only real versions of us is that divine spark, I guess you could say, or, or, uh, God, or, uh, one way that the Bible would describe it is that everyone is made in the image of God. That's one way you could describe it, but I know other traditions might say it in different ways, but whatever, however you say it, I like that. I like to think that everyone, regardless of what they've done, regardless of what they believe, regardless of what they have done, will are doing or will do that that's in us that that is the deepest version of us now i also think that it's really helpful if we believe that and if we understand that and we live in the fullness of that but even if we don't i think it's still true and while i'm talking about that i actually i think that that's one of the one of the reasons why i think i probably I probably processed that feeling as I was in, in this transition in my heart and mind when I decided I don't think I want to do uh, the pastor thing anymore. So I was in full-time vocational ministry for almost my whole adult life. And I, I, I would say things that sometimes they were, they were the things that I was the most proud of. And those were some of the things that then I was, people would bring the most shame to me about. And there were things kind of like what I just said. Like, I think that the deepest version of ourselves or the, our true selves 
is that divine spark that God dwells in us all. And there were some people that I guess you could say like the gatekeepers or whatever, you know, there's the, the, the people that really insist on trying to tell people they're wrong on things. So that when I would say things like that is when I got the most pushback, but yet it was the thing that I felt the deepest about and the most passionate about uh, letting people know that, or at least that, you know, my belief is I think that you are already everything, that the entire universe is already inside of you, that God is already inside of you, that the fullness of your being is already in you and has been put in you and is, is there and that you are already, you are already enough. And it's not a thing I thought of, right? I didn't invent that phrase, but I believe that. I, I think that you're already everything. And I remember I, I, I've said that to a lot of people over the years, and I believe it now more than I've ever believed it. And part of the transition of me thinking, you know, I don't think I want to be a pastor anymore. Part of it was me beginning to believe that about myself because I extended it to thousands of people over 20 something years. And I started to really believe it about myself also. And I, uh, I talked to a spiritual director and uh, I, I spoke with a, a counselor and I, I said this phrase that was very telling. And the phrase was just kind of, it just kind of slipped out. The phrase was that I'm ready for my faith journey to no longer be connected to my livelihood. And, and they said, can you say that again? And I said it again. They were like, I just thought it'd be helpful if you heard yourself say that. And I was like, oh, I'm done. And it felt so good. It was so hard. And, um, you know, for, for essentially my, my whole adult life, my, the process of how I think about things metaphysically, my faith journey, the things I find important, the things that I've, I'm passionate about, the things that I like to study, the things that I like to discuss, philosophy, uh, metaphysics, faith, passion. These things were always connected to my paycheck. And when I let that go, I started to remember more about who I really am because I never really felt like a pastor. And for a long time, I don't think people really, I would say that. And I'm not so sure, sh- I'm not so sure people really heard that, but maybe, maybe you did some of you, but I never really felt like that. And it was like year after year after year would go by and people were calling me Pastor Jason and it never, it felt like I was wearing someone else's clothes. It felt like I, I was being called a title that I, I've, sometimes I would just go, who, who are they talking to? Uh, and yet, you know, I was teaching, doing my best to, to teach and I'm sure there were things that I did um, well and I know that there are things that I did not do well, but I really did try my best and I really did try to extend that to people, you know, I would end a lot of teachings with, may you believe these things about God and may you also believe these things about yourself. And I, I, I tried my best to extend that and have, you know, send positive energy into the world, into the room that, of the people that were actually there and their eyeballs were there at the time. And then with the audio recordings and then later some video recordings, I hopefully that positive energy went into the world and some of you, hopefully you started to believe some of these things about yourself. Well, I started to believe some of these things about myself and it's been really great. And I can, I can say that with confidence, with, uh, with just 
such sincerity in my heart that I feel like I'm in the best season of my life by far right now that I feel like I've been set free to become or to remember the, who the real me is. And I'm not saying that in any way to blame anyone because, uh, religion is what it is. Right. And, uh, there's no accusation there. Religion just is what it is. And I never felt like I was being the real me when I was inside of that system. As a matter of fact, I feel like I feel like when I transitioned and admitted to myself, I don't think I want to do this anymore professionally, that it was like a cage opened. And I think I was the only one that was keeping myself in the cage. I don't think any I don't even think it was locked. It it wasn't locked. Because all I did is when I was like, I don't think I want to do this anymore. And I just opened it and I was like, it's, it hasn't been locked this whole time. This is crazy. Oh, guys, I felt like it was locked. I think religion can do that. Like religion or system or an institution can make you feel like you have to be in this thing or else you're not really alive or not really one of us or not really right. Oh, man. And then if you combine that with a paycheck, so right, so other than, you know, doing some adjunct teaching, having my resume just kind of be zoop, straight line, pastor. I didn't think that door was unlocked. But apparently it was. And no regrets, right? I did my best. And sometimes I have a little bit of a regret because I'm like, wow, why didn't I just like push on that door a little bit earlier? But I can't really worry about that, right? We can't go back in time and think that way. If we try our best, right? And maybe you're in that kind of situation. You try your best. You're trying. Are you trying your best? Good. You should be proud of yourself for trying your best. And then if it's time to push that door open and see where that freedom leads, don't worry about if you should have done it before, but maybe just worry about if you're doing it now. Or if you even want to do it now. Or maybe some of you are just like, I'm not ready for that. But it is nice to know that that, that door is not locked. So speaking of that, here's what I've been doing. Uh, so five or six or something years ago, um, just trying to think of my financial future and, you know, didn't really know what it was. And Kimberly and I, we invested in an investment property. And so we have an Airbnb and really enjoying that. And um, that led to doing another one. And so that led to then managing other people's properties. So I became a real estate agent. And so, uh, so I'm a, this is a lot of stuff. And I, I was telling an old friend of mine yesterday all the things I'm doing and the look on his face was like, that's a lot. And it is. And it's, there's even more than I realized until I started saying it out loud. So, but for the first time, what's so great about this is for the first time in my adult life, my passions and my creative outlets are separate from my paycheck. It's really great. So then I can start to think about that, that realization, what that means about how much freedom I have and the kind of things that I want to do and set aside if I don't want to do it. And just when it's time, try not, if I want to paint a painting, if I want to do a podcast, if I want to uh, write a book, if I want to create videos, whatever it is, 
But for the first time in my adult life, that passion, that creative outlet is a hobby. And for some of you are like, yeah, that's all my, you know, my hobbies have never been connected to my paycheck. And some of you might think that you want that to happen. And maybe that would be good for you. But talking about deep things that matter, it's been, it's been my livelihood. And now I get to just, now I'm doing Airbnbs, managing other people's Airbnbs, uh, doing, I guess you could say the, the normal part of what it means to be a real estate agent. And I do that. I say normal because you actually have to be a licensed real estate agent in North Carolina to manage other people's investment properties, man, to be a property manager. So I'm doing, so Airbnbs, managing other people's Airbnbs, real estate, teaching public speaking at App State and off and on both an intro class and a communication and religion. And then there's more. And it's, it's, um, I rem, I remembered out of nowhere, I had this, I had this, uh, it's like a memory that was pushed down deep that a lot of times when people say that, that memory is a bad memory, but mine was a really good memory. And a memory was when I was about 14 years old, one of the first things that I wanted to do that I felt passionate about. Well, the first thing was to be a major league baseball player and that did not pan out, but I got, I got to play college baseball, which was fantastic, but I knew, I knew I wasn't going to go past that. It's okay. But I knew, but when I was 14, I wanted to be a stand-up comedian and I had, I had gone so far in my life as an adult without thinking about it that I almost forgot. It's like the dream almost died, like the spark almost went out, but it didn't. It was just waiting there. There are actually two things. There are two things that I really enjoy 